0: Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode.
1: Can I interest you and your son in some surfing lessons, ma'am? Only $60 for boards, wetsuits, and two hours out on the waves. (laughs) That'd be awesome.
2: I want fingerless gloves.
1: There
3: aren't really instructions here for gloves. How how about something simple, like like a scarf, or or perhaps a nice shawl?
2: I want rainbow fingerless gloves.
4: Okay.
2: Pull and... No, 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 no.
4: See? You keep rushing through that part. Let's just wear your jellies. I like these shoes. Honey, we're going to be late. One more try. Fine. One more try, then jellies.
0: The Struggle is Real podcast starts in 3,
5: 2, 1. Hello, ladies and gents. This is the Struggle is Real by Family Ridges. I am one of your hosts, Omar Ramos, along with...
0: Veronica Avila. How are you, Omar?
5: Uh, I'm great.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you, but I heard surfboards and wave, and I'm already thinking
5: beach. A, li- a little diva action going on. <laughs> Something like that.
0: <laughs> I traveled into the beach. But anyway, let's go back into the studio. <laughs> Now, today we have a topic that may scare some parents, but will definitely validate others. It's called letting them fail, helping them win. Ready for it?
5: I'm ready for it. It's going to be very interesting. So thanks for uh, connecting with us today. Now, we're going to go ahead and move forward. And our resident expert, Dr. Alicia Laos, is on special assignment today. And filling in for her is Dr. James Hamowan, doctor of psychology, who wears many hats for family bridges. Professional responsibilities include writing, editing, and number crunching, training, and speaking softly to machinery. (laughs) 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 goodness in his free time however James uh, enjoys reading, playing outdoors video games, Ah, he's one of mine and the performing arts, especially with his wonderful wife Sarah and their two delightful daughters Lillian and of course Joliet, Dr. James Hummelwin, thanks for joining us again thank you again for having me, it's always a pleasure to be here
0: Yes, thank you for being here with us once more. And joining us via phone is our special guest, Tim Papadik. Now, Tim is president of the Relationship Enrichment Collaborative. He's also the executive producer for the Date Night Comedy Tour with over 50 events for couples across the nation. He's also pastor of marriage and family at Christ Fellowship Church in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And he's married to Beth. He's been married for 24 years. And with her, they have four beautiful And strong boys. Welcome, Tim.
6: Hello, hello. How is everyone?
0: Good. How are you?
6: Doing great in South Florida here. (laughs) Must be
0: nice. (laughs) There's that surf. There you go. See, beach, Mm -hmm. Florida, of
5: course. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us, Tim. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, kick off with the icebreaker here. Now, this question is uh, directed to you How independent are your children?
6: That's a great question. You know, it's different for each one of my kids. Uh, We have a 21-year-old. We have a 17-year-old. We have a 14-year-old. And we have a 10-year-old. And so for each of them, we've got different kind of levels of independence uh, that we've kind of instilled on them. For each of them, it's different. It's kind of based on their personality and uh, trying to see what they can handle we try not to give them something that they can't handle, that's for sure. So, But, for example, for each of my kids, I've encouraged them to follow after their passions and to do things that they're excited about, you know, for example, to try to earn some money on their own. And so for each of them, we have a goal that by the time they graduate from high school that they've actually started their own business. Ooh. We kind of walk through that process with them, each of them, and try to identify what it is that they want to do, what they're good at try to convert that into the experience of kind of owning and maintaining your own business. So, awesome.
0: kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun. A lot of fun, I think. Very good. Well, that's the main idea behind our podcast today. Why don't we jump into our first skit. It's called Surf's Up.
1: What's up, little dude? What? Oh, uh, hi. Welcome to Big Dave's Rentals. What can I do for you? <laughs> My name is Dave too. No way! I'm Big Dave! Good on you, little Dave. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, for a board? We're not open yet, but for a fellow Dave, I could make an exception. <laughs> oh no, I can't surf, I'm just out for a walk. Well, we teach lessons if you want. If not, we got boogie boards, paddle boards. Cool. We even got canoes if you want to head out with your old lady. My what? Come on, David, let's head back to the hotel. <laughs> Can I interest you and your son in some surfing lessons, ma'am? Only $60 for boards, wetsuits, and two hours out on the waves. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) Little Dave seems into it. What do you say? No. Bummer. David, this way. Come on. I don't want to go back inside. I want to swim. Then let's grab our suits and go back to the pool. I want to go surfing. It's too dangerous. Not if I have lessons. No, no. See, this is why I didn't even want to go for a walk on the beach. I can pay for it. It's dangerous. I told you what happened when I was your age, and that was on a lake. This is the ocean. The tide makes it much worse. You were like eight (laughs) when you almost drowned. I'm 13. You get the same fun out of a pool. My feet touch the bottom. I said no. If little Dave wants lessons, we can keep it real safe, Mrs. Dave. We got these short, little fun boards. We'll keep him in three feet of water. You can even watch safely from the shore. See? No, thank you, sir. Well, I don't want to intrude, ma'am, but believe me, I know how scary it can be to wipe out or get thrashed around, you know? But you can't just quit. There's a whole ocean out there, you know? One day, it's blown out. But the next day, oh, it's glass. And you don't want to miss that perfect wave just because you caught mother nature on a bad day. Big Dave? Yeah? Thank you for the speech, but we're going back to our hotel. Suit yourself. So long, little Dave. Stay cool. Mom, look, it's perfect outside. There aren't any waves. Just let go of me, mom.
0: All righty then. Well, we heard a very excited little Dave, ready to learn how to ride a wave, but a very precautious carol, Ooh, not allowing her 13-year-old son try it out, but even with the lessons that big Dave offered, and all this because of a traumatic experience she had when she was eight and a lake. Huh. What's going on here, doctor? Well,
7: I think one of the biggest desires we have as parents is for our children to grow up well that often means for us growing up better than we did. We want them to share the successes that we had and avoid the failures and the heartbreaks that we experienced. In this case, Carol's remembering an event that caused her some hurt or embarrassment in her own childhood, and she naturally wants to protect her own child from having the same experience. But what she's maybe losing sight of is little Dave is not exactly the same person that she is. Mm -hmm. And even if he had the exact same situation, which this isn't, he probably wouldn't respond to it the same way that she did. So by trying to protect him from getting hurt, she may actually be preventing him from learning to be resilient. Hmm. I like that. That's
0: very, very interesting. And many parents do that even inadvertently. I guess you're just afraid that something might happen to them. But what happens to their own experiences, right?
7: Mm -hmm. Exactly. If you don't give them the opportunity to stretch themselves and push themselves, then they start thinking that they can't stretch. They can't get any further.
6: Hmm.
5: Now, Tim, you have four boys. Do you let them explore new things? And what have you learned in that experience as a father so far? In this area?
6: Yeah, you know, it's something that we've really tried to handle. I mean, there's only so much governance you could put on on boys, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. everything from broken bones to. Get all cut up, doing crazy, give you things that boys do. But what we found is if we can give them just enough leeway to actually explore an adventure, uh, it allows us the opportunity to have great conversations and to come back and talk about and process openly with them. You know, I think for us, it's just making sure that they're relatively safe and that they're able to make some great decisions. Uh, It doesn't always happen. And sometimes when they fail, they come back and we're able to talk through what that might look like to be successful. It's it's been, uh, you know, some great examples of that.
0: Now, earlier you said, Tim, that you allow them to do, to explore depending on their personality. What does that mean? Well,
6: I think... For each of our kids, they might be Motivated. Some might be a self-starter Some might not be a self-starter. We've got Two of each in our family It's I think understanding that you know It might be that the self-starter Is the one that wants to take the most risk And uh, step out and actually uh, Do something that's never Been done before. Mm-hmm. For instance I have my oldest son who Is really interested in films And so we were recently working on a Film project and uh, he went And actually lived on the set for two months. Well, when he came off of that experience, he decided that he wanted to shoot his own short film. And mm. so we said, fantastic, why don't you go out, you raise the money, you write the script, and you go shoot your own project. Well, you know, it was a really great exercise for him because, you know, he learned so much on his own about what it meant to fundraise, to create a budget, to create a script, to do everything creatively that he needed to do. And there were multiple times he came back and asked for my help. You know, of course, one of the ways that I uh, was able to help him was basically saying, no, I can't help you. And so it required him then to actually go identify additional resources Mm. or additional uh, connections that he needed to complete the project. To his success, he finished the project, won a few awards, and went on to create a second short film. Mm. Awesome. So those are just some examples. I mean, each of our kids have been different. Their personalities you know, might be more of, hey, do you have something that I can help you with? So I'll, I'll take some of my boys I've actually brought on tour with us, and I might put them in front of a camera to kind of man some of the production. You know, there's different things where we can try things out, but then we'll sit down and we'll actually evaluate and see what their work looks like. So it's different. One of my sons wanted to play baseball. Uh, here's an example of wanting to play baseball, and he was really, really motivated because his younger brother was experiencing all this success playing baseball. So he thought, well, maybe I'll just get in there and I'll play baseball. Of course, he jumps in at the age of 12 wanting to play baseball. Well, these kids are throwing these balls. I mean, it's like 70, 80 miles an hour, and uh, he he nearly got clocked in the head you know it was a pretty interesting lesson because you know he's probably like three or four weeks into playing little league and he comes up to me and he said i'm done i'm completely retired i'm not going (laughs) to play sports ever again i just said to him i go well that's nice but you actually committed to me that you were going Mm -hmm. to play And so you can retire, but not until the season's over. Um, And so he he had to sit through the rest of those games and uh, actually learn a a really, really hard lesson. So I think our decisions all have consequences. And I think mm -hmm. as parents, if we let our kids off too soon before they have the opportunity to experience those consequences, then we are shortchanging them from learning these valuable lessons.
0: I love that. Now, doctor, we heard with Tim, he encouraged his kids, he supported them, got them through, and then he made them accountable for the choices that they made. But what happens when you have the other side of the coin and you have the parents that don't allow their kids to do or or try new things? How does that parenting style affect the child in their adulthood or in the decisions that they make towards
7: adulthood? when you have an overprotective parent, it can make the child more approval-seeking. They're, they're not as confident in themselves, and they're looking for some kind of support before they undertake anything new. Mm. Uh, they're nervous that they're going to fail. Rather than developing a realistic sense of their own skills, they might need to constantly check in and see, am I doing it right? Am I safe? They face greater struggles differentiating themselves from their parents. Uh, when they go into high school and college, and those normal times when you're trying to develop yourself as an autonomous adult, they may struggle. Even in adulthood, they may have these patterns of only wanting to do jobs that they feel really really confident in. They don't want to push themselves. They don't want to mm-hmm. take a risk. They don't want to stretch. They just want to stay where they know that they're going to do absolutely fine, and that's good enough. In some cases, you may even find these kids still living in their parents' basements into their 30s, not because that's you know their family and the way that they want to live, mm-hmm. but because they just don't feel confident in going out and living their own life. They still need that safety net, that support of mom or dad telling me, yeah, you're doing the right thing or telling me what to do when I'm doing it wrong. It, it can really inhibit their ability to differentiate and to become an autonomous adult.
0: Wow, very interesting. Let's take notes, parents. Let's take notes. Now I'm going to share with you a motto from the Play Safety Forum, and this you can also find it on. It's a pretty cool quote that I like uh, from the book The Struggle is Real. Keep my child as safe as necessary, not as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. Great lesson now. Let's go into our next scenario. This is called It to Win It. Dad?
2: Dad? Dad! Yes, ma'am? I'm bored.
3: I'm sorry, sweet pea. I'm almost done with your soup. We can watch TV while you eat.
2: There's nothing good on the TV.
3: Really? I can rent something. How about that new Johnny Depp movie? You love him. He's old. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We don't have to watch TV. You want to read?
2: No, I do that at school.
3: We could take out mom's painting
2: supplies. No.
3: Want to play in the rain?
2: No, I don't want to do any of that. I want to do something new.
3: All right. Well, how about you be more proactive and suggest something?
2: Ugh!
3: All right, all right. Calm down. Let's see if we have any... uh, Hey, 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 hey! Problem solved! Remember this birthday present from Grandma A Fashion Weaving Loom Kit? Next. Wait a second. Look how cool this is! You can make a scarf, or a hat, or a... coffee sleeve? I don't drink coffee. That's not the point. You can make something no one else will have, and it'll be fun. I mean, look at all this cool yarn grandma sent. Eh. Well, if you don't want to, I will. I'm going to make you a scarf.
2: I want fingerless gloves.
3: There aren't really instructions here for gloves. How how about something simple, like like a scarf, or, or perhaps a nice shawl?
2: I want rainbow fingerless gloves.
3: Okay. I guess it's worth a shot. Here, uh, set this up.
2: I don't know how to use a loom. And you think I do? I'm bored again. Alright,
3: alright, alright. I'll I'll, I'll set it up, but still, can you give me a hand?
2: (laughs) Ugh, you said you were gonna do it. No,
3: your hand. I need to trace your literal hand so I can make a glove for it. Fine. You've always had your mom's little hands.
2: Is my soup ready yet?
3: I'll go and get it next.
2: Oh! Fine,
3: fine, fine. Just hold your horses.
2: I want a rainbow scarf too.
3: Okay, Liza Lou. You having fun? Sure. Awesome. Mission accomplished. No, she didn't. And yes, she did.
0: (laughs) Goodness gracious. That was Lisa Liu. She's 10 years old and her dad was going out of his way to entertain her. And by the way, she was very unsatisfied. She was not pleased with any of it. She wanted the the, the gloves. She didn't want the, the, the... Goodness gracious. What is happening here, doctor? Why... Why do we as parents sometimes want to entertain our kids and make sure that they're okay and then they fall into these weird bratty patterns?
7: Society today is very instant gratification driven. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody has smart devices, they have internet, they have entertainment, they have communication at their fingertips at all times. And people have not got the idea of being disconnected anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kids pick this up very early. Even a two year old knows how to work with a tablet and make an iPad do what they want it to do. Mm -hmm. So the kids are raised on this idea that if If I want something, I can get it right now. I shouldn't have to wait. And parents feel that pressure. They know that that's what the kid is expecting from them. And they may feel this need that if I want to get any of my kid's attention, if I want my kid to pay, learn from me, listen to me, I need to be more entertaining than everything else out there or they're going to tune out. In this case, we've got a parent who's suffering with a child who is very, very bored. And he seems to be feeling the obligation to meet that need to give her some kind of entertainment. But by not pushing her to try and entertain herself, Mm -hmm. he's just reinforcing the behavior of, if I just sit back, everything I want is going to come to me. Um, So he's kind of undermining her development there. It's also important that you need to set limits for kids. I mean, You do need to be their friend, and you need to support them, and you need to encourage their passions. But they also need to know when they're pushing too far, because if your parents aren't going to tell them, hey, this is not the way that you get the results that you want. No one else is going to do it for them. You, you need to have that, that relationship with them where you're both supporting them and lifting them up when they're struggling, but also cutting them off and saying, you know, that that's that step too far. You need to know where the end is because yes. you don't know it yet.
0: Yes. What happened to getting creative, to going mm-hmm. outside, to doing something? I don't know, finding something around the house and just getting creative. Tim, does is this scenario familiar to you?
6: Well, you know, I think with all, all of our kids. Again, we need to uh, give them opportunities to try these things and we need to give them opportunities to fail. We need to give them opportunities to be who they are, but hold them to that level of accountability. Sometimes the greatest accountability could be somebody rejecting something they've created or something that they've, you know, it just might not meet the measure of um, quality that somebody's looking for. So there's different ways to experience failure there's different ways to have them experience reality and i think you have to do is address that reality Mm -hmm. and what that looks like for them it could be something that's very painful but the consequence could be as simple as well i just won't make them another picture you know that could be (laughs) one of the (laughs) one of the outcomes so
0: what tips can you give parents on if they have a, a bored child what what tips can you give them
6: I think the catch with boredom, at least with my kids, is you know they only need to say the words "I'm bored" one time. Once they've said it, once they've articulated it, the reality is we have tons of ways to keep them active and to cure boredom. Anything from literally coming up with some some crazy stuff for them to do to um, <clears throat> you know reading. There's all kinds of stuff to help a kid at least to not, not articulate the fact that he's bored. Like at some point they need to come up with their own ways of keeping themselves uh, active and
7: responsive so
0: what do you what do you do with mm-hmm. teens if they if they're bored Doctor.
7: Well, uh, I would say if you've got a, a bored teen and, and <laughs> they're talking to you enough that you know they're bored and they're not just, you know, tuning you out and watching YouTube videos or something, you're getting a gold star for parenting. <laughs> um, That's s- right. Seriously though, the, probably the best thing you can do uh, with a bored child, and a genuinely bored child, is overcome your own boredom. Get over your exhaustion, get over your stress, get involved with the kids. Kids want to be engaged with their parents, you, exactly. you, you need to set that example for them. Uh, you know, All the Facebook, all the iPad, all the YouTube selfies is just filling their time because they don't have anything else that they're motivated to do and you need to help them find that motivation and get that passion going, get them a, an interest, a hobby, a passion. You know, sometimes as a parent, the last thing you want to do is put down your iPad and your Facebook and go sit down on the floor and pay Barbies with your doll daughters. But um, <laughs> where are they learning that Facebook stuff from? All right. yeah. And And which of these activities is going to help you build the relationship and help them build that connection and build that passion? You want to invest in the kids. That's really the key point. If, if you're showing interest and you're helping them develop their interests and then gradually you're back off and encouraging them to do more and more of it on their own, the boredom isn't going to be as big an issue. But if you're just letting them sit there, wait for something to come to me, nothing's going to change. True. Good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now,
5: coming up next, we have our last skit. This is called a Mr. Bunny Rabbit.
4: Over, under, round, and through. Frankie, where are you? Tying my shoes. Over, under. You can tie your shoes? Uh Uh-huh. We're learning at school. Frankie, you untied them. That's why we have zippers in the back, so you don't have to untie them. We're going to be late. I can tie them. (sighs) Okay. Okay, if you say so. Show me what you can do.
2: Over, under, around, and through. Meet Mr. Bunny Rabbit. Pull and through. I didn't do it.
4: (laughs) I can see that. Here, let's undo the knot. You want to try again? Mm Mm-hmm over under no no Frankie you have to make a knot you know how to tie a knot uh-huh then show me uh, no um... here let me get you started now what's next over under around that's right and through keep going meet Mr. Bunny pull and No, no 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 see you keep rushing through that part Let's just wear your jellies. It's a birthday party. Your silver jelly shoes are prettier, don't you think? I like these shoes. Honey, we're going to be late. One more try. Fine. One more try, then jellies.
2: Hold my shoe.
4: Over, under, around, and through. Good job so far. Meet Mr. Bunny Rabbit. Keep it steady. Pull and... Almost there. Through! You did it! What did I tell you? You showed me. Now hurry up, put it on. Now the other one. I can tie this one. I can, too. Frankie, the party.
2: Mom, relax. You think Becky can't wait five minutes for me to tie my shoes after that present we got her?
4: Okay, okay. My bad. Over, under, around, and through.
0: Ah, cutie. We heard five-year-old Frankie trying to tie her shoelaces while mom was rushing her to go to a birthday party. Now Frankie tried again and again, and despite her mom's pressure, she finally made it. She finally tied her shoelaces. She's got the attitude, and she does it. Love it. This reminds me kind of a little bit of my daughter, Daniela. I have a five-year-old, Daniela. And not too long ago, a couple months back, she was trying to put her pants on. She was dressing, and um, (laughs) I just heard her say you got this, Donnie. You got this. And she tried it and then she finally did it, right? It was so cute. But they've got the attitude. But what happens What happens when you don't support them and you're just rushing them through and, and what does that do to their self-confidence, whether you let them or not?
7: I think if you rush the child through, if you're not going to give them the opportunity to experiment, uh, again, you're really cutting short that chance for them to develop that resilience, to, to learn their own limits, to learn that they can go beyond what they think they can do. An, an example from my own life, just to show this is pretty mm-hmm. foundational stuff. Uh, you know, I remember I remember when I was a small child, I don't know how old, I had this little plastic Chinese yo yo. You'd fling the thing, the string would go out the air, the paper would go out the end, and it would make it and come right back. It tore. I was, I was a kid. I was a boy. Boys play rough with toys. It <laughs> tore. So uh, I took it to my mom and said, Hey, it's broken. Can you fix this? And she said, Nope, it's broken. Throw it away. And I'm like, All right. I think I can fix it anyway. I'm going to go get some tape. I'm going to tape this thing up and see what happens. And I taped it up. And sure enough, hey, it works again. And I brought it back up to her five minutes later and said, see, it can be fixed.
1: Aw, how cool (laughs) is that? And she said,
7: yeah, great job. But what this taught me is my parents can be wrong. Uh, I can be right. And sometimes I can do things even my parents think I can't do. So it's a really foundational lesson to have that opportunity to try and push yourself and say, I'm going to try and do this, even though I've been told I can't do it, even though I've been told I'm not fast enough, I'm not good enough. I'm going to push through and having that success and then having your parents come back and validate that success and praise you for that success. That's really what what sets people up for success later in life.
0: And that's so true. If you don't have the encouragement, you're still finding out that you can't do it. And then you'll see the validation afterwards. That's awesome. Exactly.
5: Now, uh, Tim, not too long ago, former First Lady Michelle Obama urged moms to stop babying their sons, which mainly (laughs) spoke to this. In your experience working with couples and families and kids, how can this type of parenting affect their kids' future and their relationships?
6: You know, I mean, when we look at some of the millennials that are entering the workforce right now, you know, the trophy children. These are the folks who are literally wanting approval for everything. It's really not done them any amount of justice. It's actually created such a nightmare for employers that they are just going to seminars and everything on trying to figure out how to actually uh, lead a millennial. I think the best thing we could do is for these younger parents to really recognize, think about like back when they were younger, their parents probably allowed them to struggle. Mm -hmm. And they probably gave them enough struggle in life to help them learn the skills that they needed to learn. And I would say to any young parent, don't be afraid to allow your children to struggle and to fail. Create environments that will be encouraging enough for them to fail and constructive enough where you'll have the opportunity to speak into their failure and make them success. And I think that's really one of the keys. And and again, we're seeing this in this generation now that's entering the workforce, and people want nothing to do with them. So what are they doing instead? Is they're all becoming independent consultants (laughs) because they can't really work with anybody. (laughs) Uh (laughs) So I I think it's going to be a real challenge for younger parents. You know, help help them now become fantastic, you know, learners and. Folks who aren't afraid to fail, they aren't afraid to get back up, learn something a different way, Mm -hmm. even tie in their shoe. Tie your shoe a different way. You know, figure it out.
0: Figure it out. That's right. We've been talking a lot about independence and any closing remarks?
7: Being a parent is always about balancing and juggling your tasks and your goals all at the same time. And from today's discussion, I think the thing to remember, your takeaway, is sometimes your role is to lift your child up when they're struggling, and sometimes it's to set the bar a little higher and make them stretch. Mm. And in either case, celebrate their successes, help them learn from their failures for the next time. Good luck, parents out there. You can do it.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Tim.
6: Yeah, I think that's a great reminder. You know, it's OK to fail and it's OK to celebrate. And I think steps of learning and failure is is a great way. It's a great outcome. So parents don't feel like just because your kids failed at something, you're uh, a failure. You're actually helping them learn a very valuable life skill and one that's going to be with them for a long time. So keep after it. Allow them to fail. Give them enough margin.
5: Good stuff. Thank you so much, Tim. Now, thank you both for joining us today and sharing your expertise and advice. Now, where can we find more information about Date Night and the upcoming events? Tim.
6: Yeah, I'd love uh, if you're interested in going to one of our events across the country, you could check us out at date com, And we've got an up-to-date calendar and all the great things happening. You could also check us out on Pure Flix. Uh, if anyone subscribes to Pure Flix, you could go on there and also see our content, which we'll be hitting here this next month. So uh, two great ways to stay connected with us.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for being with us. This was The Struggle is Real. Share the love and the wisdom provided today by sharing it with parents and friends.
5: And we'd also like to extend invitations so you could uh, download the app through iTunes and stay on top of other relevant topics.
0: Mm-hmm. Get the Family Bridges app as well so you can download supporting resources.
5: And thanks for tuning in. All you podcast lovers, I am Omar Ramos. And
0: I'm Veronica Avila.
5: Until next next time, time.
0: this was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.